Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and today it's going to be a little bit shorter episode, not our normal format that we're used to doing right now. But my main thing that I wanted to go over today was this clip from a recent Joe Rogan episode. And I wouldn't normally just play clips of a Joe Rogan episode, but he was on there with Amanda Knox, who you uh, who you may or may not know of. And they were talking about universal basic income and the minimum wage. And now listen, Joe Rogan's not out there pretending to be an economist, just like he's not out there pretending to be a doctor. So, of course, anyone can give their opinions on anything on whatever platform they like. That is not what I'm saying here. But since he does have such a large program and he's so open to everything, I just wanted to make sure that there was a response to this, a rebuttal to the things that they were saying on this episode. So we're going to be playing that here in a second. And if you want to watch and follow along and see the video and see my face and see the studio and all that stuff, then you can join the community at goodmorningliberty.locals.com for as little as five bucks a month. You get to be in our private community. That also gets you access to our Discord where we've got all sorts of different channels in that Discord where we are talking about all things politics and government and covids and all that stuff all the time so you definitely you definitely want to chip in that five dollars at least okay it's like getting the cup of coffee at starbucks only you get to save the world in the process so why not do that all right before we get into talking about this i wanted to read an article from newsweek and i will say that uh, i first learned about this article uh, from a guy named brad palumbo who has a show called Breaking Boundaries with Brad Palumbo. Great podcast. You should go subscribe to it or follow it or whatever. Uh, so I, I read his article in Fee, and I didn't just want to sit here and read all of his opinions about everything. So I'm going to read the original article that he was addressing, which he linked to in Newsweek. And so basically this petition for a monthly $2,000 stimulus check is what they will call it. A monthly $2,000 stimulus check is around 3 million supporters now on change.org. This is one of the biggest petitions ever on change.org, if not the biggest. And, and you would expect that to happen, of course, if you're going to make a petition that says you're just going to get free, in, in quotes, money, then uh, that's, hey, I might as well sign up for that one too. Maybe if enough people sign up, I'll just get money and I won't have to go to work anymore, right? So $2,000 per person, plus I believe... $1,000 payment for kids as well until the crisis ends, just until this crisis ends. And of course, that's one of the, the government's favorite things to do is to start a program during a crisis. And of course, I, I think what you guys would know is that if you were to start this, and we've already done this a little bit, if you were to start this and get people hooked on it, it'd be similar to putting people on a drug for the duration of the crisis. Are you going to be able to just pull it away afterwards? No. The economy is going to adjust to that. People are going to adjust to that. And it's going to be tough getting people to go back to work. And if you do want them to go back to work, you're going to have to pay them a lot of money. 
And then you get into whether or not that money would even be worth it when all the prices have to go up. We'll be talking about that here in just a minute. So from Newsweek, a petition for monthly stimulus checks of $2,000 has drawn nearly 2.9 million supporters as the highly virulent, deadly (laughs) Delta variant continues to drive up COVID-19 cases, deaths, and hospitalizations across the U.S. The Change.org petition calls for the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate to deliver legislation that would provide a $2,000 payment for adults and a $1,000 payment for kids immediately and continuing regular checks for the duration of the crisis. Mm, Okay. The petition has gained more than 2.8 million, almost 2.9 million signatures as of Saturday, with about 100,000 new signatures in the past month. It will become one of Change.org's most signed petitions if it reaches its goal of 3 million signatures. Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar introduced legislation on July 30th that would establish a federal universal basic income system. Under the proposed five-year pilot program, U.S. adults earning under $75,000 would receive $1,200 per month and $600 for each dependent child. All right, so it's, it's first important to realize that this has nothing to do with the crisis. There are plenty of jobs open. People can get vaccinated if they are worried about going out in public and getting sick and dying from covid This is something that people have been pushing for for a long time. So when people end up using an emergency or a crisis to try and push these policies through, you know that it really has nothing to do with the emergency or the crisis, except for the fact that they now have a window of opportunity and you can't let a good crisis go to waste. Now, an important part of her plan right here, because it will it will have a lot to do with our discussion on UBI, is the fact that it's only for people making under $75,000 and that they would receive $1,200 a month and $600 for each dependent child because a lot of universal basic income proposals would be for everyone, that everyone would get a check. For instance, uh, Andrew Yang's proposal uh, would be that everyone would get a check. Now, that actually has a pretty big difference when there is a threshold you can cross to no longer get the check. That's an important part because then you don't want to go over that threshold and automatically lose that extra $14,000 or $13,000, whatever it is that you would be losing. So let's get into this video from Rogan and Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox, if you don't know who that is, she was accused of murdering her roommate when she was in Italy. I happened to think that she was wrongly accused. And uh, so that really has nothing to do with this conversation at all. I don't think that that should have any weight on what they're talking about. And of course, these these aren't economists, but Rogan's got a really big platform. And so we need to address this so people uh, can have responses when maybe this idea spreads more and more as it's being talked about on this program. One of my important, one of my favorite uh, important conversations about UBI that actually came from when Elon Musk was on Rogan and what they were talking about some of the lockdowns as well. And what he was saying was if no one makes any stuff, then there is no stuff. So that's an important thing to remember here. All right, we're going to go ahead and play some of this video and I will stop it periodically while we are going through it. The idea of universal basic income to me is that 
all of your like basic human needs would be met. Mm-hmm. You would have food, you would have a place to live. That's kind of it. I mean, if you're getting whatever Andrew Yang was proposing, I think it was very low. It was like 1200 bucks a month or something like that. Exactly. That's all you get. I mean, well, you and get that's like what food. I was, that's what I was going to propose is like, I, I do agree that like there is absolutely genuine value in hard work. Um, what is the other aspect of that is dignity though. Yeah. Right? Okay, so before we go any further into this, we'll just address the first part. So the idea of the universal basic income is that you get paid enough money to have your basic needs met. And in this, Rogan is saying that your basic needs are housing and food. And I think we'd, we'd also have to include water in that as well. You, you need both of those things. And he didn't go into healthcare or internet or anything else like that, but your basic human needs to keep you alive are going to be food and shelter. And doesn't that sound awesome? It just sounds great. Let, let's talk about this from the point that we were in support of this, that this is a great idea. Let's find a way to do this. And so how would that actually work? How would that actually ripple through the society? If you think through it for a little bit, because I've spent a lot of time thinking on this after I learned that Milton Friedman was a proponent of the uh, negative income tax is what he called it. And most everyone will use that as well. Even Milton Friedman was in support of a universal basic income. Of course, he was saying that that would be preferable to replace the current welfare system that we have right now because it would eliminate the bureaucracy. There were some things that he didn't see coming, like the idea that you would uh, directly take the payments from people's checks and that that would be the best way to do it. I actually don't think that that's the best thing for the society. We should all have to pay a bill at the end of the year and then you'll really sort out who cares about funding the government to get all of these things and who doesn't. It's a lot different conversation when it's automatically taken from your paycheck and you can't do anything about it. So the idea is that you're going to get 1200 bucks a month and that's going to be enough to pay for your food and for your housing. The obvious response to that is the prices are just going to go up after you, after you give everyone this fixed amount of money to pay for those things, the prices will go up until it's really just a little bit over 1200 because you're, you're going to have to, that's just the way, you know, supply and demand is something that people don't like. Uh, and a lot of people act like it's just this thing that evil rich people have forced on us. And it, it actually isn't. It's kind of a law of, of economics, supply and demand. It's like one of Newton's laws. Like, I'm mad about gravity. I don't like it. You know, I'm, that's just this thing that he, that he imposed on us, that freaking Isaac Newton guy. I don't, I don't like him. Well, that's just kind of a, that's just a law of nature. This is also a law of nature, supply and demand. And when you flood the market with all of this money, the market's going to adjust. People are going to have that extra buying power. And the prices will rise to meet that buying power. If not, go just a bit, just a little bit above that buying power. So that's the first thing. That's the that's the first part right there. There's also the idea of where would it come from? Where where would that money actually come from? So the idea, what people think is, well, we'll just we'll just give people this money and they'll have it. And every, all the prices will be the same, right? That's, that's what's going to happen. 
and then they'll just have money to pay for these things in the in the market. And that the, the problem is that people never really think about is that money does have to come from somewhere and it's going to come from people who are paying taxes. That's where it's going to come from or it's going to get borrowed, uh, which is still going to come from people that are paying taxes. And so a lot of it's going to get borrowed. There's obviously going to be some tax hikes in it, but who cares about those tax hikes, right? That's just going to be on the rich and the businesses. Well, Someone saying who wants this, well, I don't own a business and I'm not rich, so I don't really care about this. It's not going to affect the poor and the middle class, those taxes on the rich and the taxes on the businesses. Well, on the business side, what do we know? We know that businesses don't pay taxes. The, the people who shop at those businesses pay those taxes. They're worked into the price. So you're not going to get this money out of the businesses without it affecting the price that they charge for their goods and services. This is why socialism and planned economies always leads to some type of price controls, by the way, because these are things that you you can't stop. The prices are going to go up. And so they end up coming in with some price controls. And then what happens after that is you end up with shortages because they end up putting price controls on and the businesses can't make enough money to actually stay afloat. And then it can't produce the, th the things that they need to produce. And then you end up with a lot of shortages. Maybe it's just going to come from the rich, right? Jeff Bezos, he's going to put up a few less rockets and same thing with Elon Musk and a few other people and we'll just take all their money and that's what we'll do. Well, where did the rich get their money? First off, did they print it? Some of it was printed that was given to them, which is still going to be taken from you. Uh, where, where did they get it? They got it from their businesses and their investments. They got it from other people who, who freely gave it to them. So you're still not really taking money uh, from the rich when you do that. You're taking money from the people that the rich got their money from. And I'm not saying that they earned that money unjustly. That's not where I'm going with this. I'm saying that in some way or another, they earned that money by creating value. And that money came from other people and was transferred to them because they pro provided value for those people. And so it's still going to come from you when that happens. This idea that you can somehow get something for nothing is a complete fallacy. It's literally not a real thing. That right there should end the argument. You, you can't get something from nothing. You're still going to pay for this. So if you're getting 1200 bucks a month, guess what? That's roughly how much the price of everything is going to go up that you're needing to pay for. Because that money has to be taken from someone. And there's other ways that this will just lead to higher prices, by the way. You pay people for not working. And inevitably, you will have less people working, which will equal more shortages of workers, which will inevitably equal lower supplies of the goods and services that we need. Lower supplies, but the same demand will still equal higher prices for all of those goods and services. Not to mention, the government will not only be taxing people to pay out this money, which will equal higher prices. They'll also be printing money, which will equal inflation, which will equal higher prices. And then the 1200 bucks a month or whatever you're going to get is not going to be enough any longer to pay for the things that you need, your basic human needs that have to be met by other people, which is an interesting concept, by the way, that um, you have a right to have other people meet your basic needs. I'm not sure that that idea really holds water. I don't think that you can have a right to the product of labor that must be done by other people. 
I think that that had been tried for a long time throughout human history and people didn't like it very much. But what you're essentially saying is that you have a right to the time of other people and you shouldn't have to do anything to receive what those other people produce. In fact, you should just be able to take that from them, which is a whole other conversation that we will get into sometime. And so then the other thing is when you inevitably have these shortages in workers, what are businesses going to have to do to get more workers, to get people to actually leave their 1200 bucks a month? Remember, they are talking about, Ilhan Omar is talking about putting a, an income cap on that, where if you go over a certain income, you're no longer going to receive that. So there's going to be uh, a time where you have to make a decision on whether or not you're going to just take the 1200 bucks and not do anything or you're going to become a very productive member of society that is providing value for all of the other people in the society. So you can receive value back from them and then you can actually earn the things that you're receiving. So what's going to end up happening is it's going to push the labor prices up. Well, people like that because obviously people just don't get paid enough. But then what does pushing the labor prices up to? It pushes up the prices of all the goods and services. I see no way around the fact that a UBI has a massive, massive inflationary effect on prices. I, I don't see any way around that. Because we're not just going to get like the Andrew Yang type UBI. There's an argument that you could go down and make, which still won't work, but you could make it through a couple more steps of the argument first, which is that if you give that money to everyone and there is no point where you're making too much money to receive that, then once everyone's receiving that, well, the business actually could pay people less money. They could actually pay out less money because everyone's already getting enough money to pay for all of their basic needs. So essentially with the business, all they have to do is pay people enough money to buy extra stuff that they, that they don't have to have. And see, you can make it through a couple levels of that argument and then stop and be like, oh yeah, see, it's going to make everything cheaper. But then you got to get back to the point of the money that's getting paid to you has to be paid by someone. That money has to come from somewhere. And so it's still going to be taken from the businesses and from people that are making more money, which means the businesses will have to pay them more money. Uh, you see how this just keeps going and keeps going? All right, let's go through a little bit more of this video real quick. Right, like you can work really hard and feel like a slave like yeah. and be like de demeaned and and feel like all of the work that you're doing and all the time and all the sacrifices you make even just in terms of time like i have so much i'll have to talk about this real quick because it's interesting that you can work really hard and not get paid what you think you need to get paid and feel like a slave but you could also sit at home and do nothing and have other people work and give you money and not feel like you're enslaving other people. That's kind of a weird one to me. Much respect. And I understand the value of time. Like, I understand that. Imagine, you more than many. <laughs> and, and so, like, for someone to be told my time is worth $7, my time that I could be spending with my kids 
is worth $7 and I have to sacrifice time with my kids, which is priceless, so that I can get $7 so I can feed them is the most undignified shit that I like. It's so like in, in a rich society like ours, I feel like that's kind of unacceptable. Okay. So we can obviously talk about this one a little bit. She said that for someone to be told that their time is only worth $7, well, that's just wrong. It's, it's not dignifying. You feel like a slave. And I understand what that feeling would be like uh, because I've, I've been there before, making that minimum wage before. But the thing is, uh, they're, not, they're not telling you that that's what your time is worth. That's really what you're telling them. You're telling them that your time is worth that much money. It might be worth less than that. If it's worth more than that, then they'll pay you. People, people hate it when I say that. It offends people every single time. If you're worth more money to your business, to your employer, then they will pay it to you. Okay, if you're not, then they'll let you quit. If you go into the door and you say, I want more money or I'm leaving. If they let you leave, then you're not worth that much money to them. It's simple fact. Because if you were worth that much money, then they would pay it to you instead of letting you leave. But maybe your position doesn't make enough money for the business every hour. Or maybe there's someone else who just filled out an application that wasn't asking for that much money, which means you're not worth that much money because someone else would do it for less. So they're not telling you that you're worth that much. You're telling them by not commanding more money than that when you go in there. And that's on the people who don't have enough skills to actually command more money when they go work somewhere. Now, if you're young, you're in high school or straight out of high school, you're just not going to have the skills. You're not going to be worth a lot of money. In fact, they, uh, they do say that. I think coming right up here. Like we can do better than that. I agree with you. The idea though, if I was going to. Okay, sorry. I, I, I forgot about one other point there. In a rich society like ours, uh, you know, that's just wrong. We can do better than that. Now that's a purely emotional statement. There's no data backing that up at all. In fact, a lot of businesses cannot afford to pay people more without raising their prices. They would have to raise their prices and make more money. The simple fact that there's a lot of wealth in our society, that the top 1% is worth, worth $4.5 trillion does not mean that people can get paid more per hour. A lot of these people are operating on very, very thin profit margins. What people pay attention to is the total dollar figure in profits, let's say. They pay attention to the total dollar figure and they say, oh, look, their, their profits went up. But if all of their expenses also went up, if the government flooded the money supply with more money and people have more money to spend, then overall their profits are going to go up. If they have more customers than they had the previous year, then their profits are going to go up. It's not necessarily that they're making 15, 20, 30, 40% margins on everything, or especially off of you. For instance, we know that Walmart makes about a two point, uh, it's actually 1.9% net profit margin. 
is what they make. Without raising their prices or cutting some of their workers off the floor, they actually can't afford the $15 an hour, which is why you see a lot of self-checkouts, which is why they are testing a lot of different robots to stock the shelves because people are demanding the $15 an hour and they are going to pay that to them, but there's going to be less people working. That's just what's going to happen. All right, so let's go back through some of this. I was just wanting to make the point that that's just a purely emotional argument. We can do this. There's, you, you don't have any data to back that up. You look at a number and you say, oh, well, we can obviously afford to be doing this, right? The fact that someone made a lot of money doesn't mean that all of the businesses in the United States can afford to pay more money to all of their workers so that they can afford to pay 15 or $20 an hour like they're about to talk about to their workers. You're taking an emotional argument and then you're assuming that uh, the economics would back it up too, but all your decisions are based on the emotions. It just doesn't work. Emotions don't hold up on paper. It ain't going to work. The, the business will disappear and people won't have any jobs. And then they'll need to get more money from the government which they'll have to take from the businesses that are still there. And you know how this cycle goes because we've been talking about it for 20 minutes now. To play devil's advocate. I think, you know, let me just say this right away. I think that the basic wage, the minimum wage should be much higher than $7. Um, I I'd agree. It should be much more than $7 an hour. Should. That's what he's saying, by the way. Not that it can be, not that I worked out the money. Uh, he's not all, he's also not going to say, well, I looked at the data and from what I can see, only 1% of the workers make this and they only make it for a few months before they start moving up. Uh, that's, that's not what he's going to go into. He's just going to say it should be more than $7. That's, that's what it is. Should is a feeling that people have. All right. I agreed with the $15 minimum wage. I think it probably should be like 20. I mean, if you work all day, you should have enough money for food. I only feel okay giving someone $20 an hour at least. Well, it sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a, a small amount. It is. You work all ultimately. fucking hour for eating and you get $20. I mean, in this day and age with the prices that things are, the cost of living, it's not a lot of money. The idea... Still acting right there, like if you just raise the wage up to 15 or $20, that the prices would stay the same, right? They wouldn't move that people would just make more money and then they would have enough money to get by on. It's uh, not the case. And if you feel like $20 an hour, he's even saying $20 isn't much for people to make in, in today's day and age. Some people maybe can pay that. Obviously, some people can. Amanda gets on there and says, well, I feel bad paying people less than 20 Well, that's up to you. That's your specific financial situation with your Netflix deals and your books, your stuff like that. Not that she hasn't had a hard time. She spent four years in prison in Italy. Um, that's on an individual basis. That's not saying that it could be a national government mandate that everyone can afford to do that. It's interesting. It's always interesting that people who push these policies are more than willing to do plenty of things that hurt small businesses while demonizing big businesses. The, the people on the left are just the favorite people in the world to the big businesses. They push all the things that hurt their competition, the regulations, the wage laws, all of that. Amazon and Walmart can find ways to do this. Okay, now you've covered three or four million 
of the workers in the U.S. once you've done that. And then there's a lot of small businesses out there and you don't know what they can afford to pay. You actually don't know that. Saying should make that is not saying that you know that they can afford to pay that. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's continue on here. Is that you're supposed to be fresh out of high school and these are the jobs you get and this is why you get you know, $13 an hour, whatever it is. Right, because also, let's be real, teenagers are not the best workers. Well, also, you're getting job experience and life experience, and that's the idea behind it. It's a weird idea. I love how Amanda comes in and says, uh, well, teenagers are not the best workers. Let's just be honest here. Okay, well, you just said that they should be getting paid $20 an hour. Which one is it? If they're going to get paid $20 an hour, how much do you pay the workers that are the best workers? Is that going to affect the prices? Once that affects the prices, are the people making the $20 an hour minimum wage going to be able to afford anything? Or are we right back where we started? The answer is we're right back where we started, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, though, because would it be better if things cost a little bit more and you paid people a little bit better? I mean, how much would a burger have to cost if you want to pay everybody works there 20 bucks an hour? Okay. So that's the end of the video. And, and he really destroys his own argument right there. And I realize, he, you know, he just gets on there and talk about stuff. I'm not knocking on Joe Rogan. I'm going to listen to his next episode more than likely. I really like it when he has scientists on there. And I did listen to this one because, you know, I watched the Amanda Knox documentary on Netflix. And then I went through and watched all the Amanda Knox stuff stuff that there was, uh, which was just a crazy situation that I never really paid attention to. Um, he really just kills his argument there. Like, would it be that bad if burgers cost a little bit more so the workers could get paid a little bit more? And there's your single factor analysis. There's one level right there. Okay, burgers will cost a little bit more if people at McDonald's got paid a little bit more, which is true that that would be the case or they would find ways to hardly have any workers there that would also happen and when you just think about the burgers this is what people do they'll say well let me just look at um how much money mcdonald's is paying out for a minimum can they can they pay out more yeah maybe they can pay out a little bit more some of them can some of them can't by the way there's a bunch of franchise owners out there some of them can some of them can't depending on what areas they're in and what all the other expenses involved with the restaurant are. And speaking of the other expenses involved with the restaurant, well, there's a whole other problem because then you're not just talking about McDonald's paying people flipping burgers more or cashiers more. What about the people that McDonald's buys their stuff from? What about the people that they buy the burgers from? Those people are also making more money, which means those are going to cost a little bit more, the burgers. It's not just the people that are making those burgers in a factory somewhere. Maybe it's the farm. It's uh, actually got the cows out there and they got farm hands. There's different rules for farms. They typically pay a little bit lower wages. What about the people that box everything? What about the people that make the boxes? What about the people working at the uh, electricity plant that's supplying the electricity? What about all the other parts that go into the store? People growing potatoes and 
cutting those freaking things up and sending it over and making all the other stuff that you get from McDonald's. It's not just the McDonald's worker, the person working as a cashier or flipping burgers or frying fries that affects what McDonald's is going to have to charge. It's all of their suppliers that also have to pay more money to all of their people who also have to raise their prices. And so now McDonald's doesn't just have to take into account the fact that they need to charge more because they're paying their workers more. They also have to take into account the fact that the cost of all of their supplies just went up. And so they need to raise prices for all of that as well. This has an exponential effect on things. And you have to keep thinking on the issues further, further down to be able to get to these points to find that this simply doesn't work. It just actually doesn't work. You can't give people money without that affecting the prices in the economy. The money has to come from somewhere. If it comes from money printing, it's going to cause inflation. If it comes from taxes, it's going to cause prices to go up. That's what's going to happen. And then you just get back into the same situation we're in right now. If raising the minimum wage were the answer, then it would have worked in 1973 when they raised it up. And then the problem would have been solved. But guess what? There's other stuff that goes into it. And so it had to keep being raised. A while back, people were just talking about $15 an hour. And we would joke on the podcast over the last couple of years about how, oh, sometime they'll be calling for 20 bucks an hour. Now there's people actually calling for $25 an hour. And so then you raise the wage up to this. Maybe you get yourself a, a good year where people are making more money and then the prices adjust, and then we just start complaining about how people making the minimum wage don't make enough money anymore. Maybe when you do the UBI, you get yourself a good year before all the prices adjust, and then all of a sudden we're saying, well, 1200 bucks that's not even enough to, to pay for 10% of someone's rent. The people getting this, they're just still barely getting by. So we got to raise the UBI up to $2,500 a month or to $3,000 a month. And then you continue the cycle of inflation and you never address what the actual problems are. There's a couple problems. Of course, some of it's going to involve the current taxation and the current regulations in the economy. It's also going to involve the fact that people who aren't making enough money to get by aren't earning enough money to get by. And so you have to address that problem. Why aren't they earning that? Why aren't their skill sets going up enough? Why is it not just that people that are in high school and living with their parents are working at a minimum wage job? Why is it that people end up getting stuck there and never leaving? Those are some of the actual problems that need to be addressed. Maybe that's in the education system. Maybe it's in removing the incentive structure in the system that tells you you never need to move up or you never need to get better. Maybe this would actually make all of that worse. People need incentives to do better. They really do. Honestly, if I could sit at home and watch Netflix all day and have my house paid for and have food, I'd probably spend a good amount of time not doing anything except for doing that. As long as I could afford those basic necessities, the food and the house, and I'd probably find some kind of way to scrounge up a TV and a Netflix account and some internet. Well, of course, the government will probably provide the internet for everyone someday. That's just, uh, that's the actual problem, is that people need incentives. And you want people 
to work and to do better. People hate work and I don't understand. Well, I do understand. I don't understand how no one ever thinks through it. It's not as if if we went into a socialist system and people would magically no longer have to work. Going back to that quote from Elon Musk that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if no one makes the stuff, there is no stuff. So all these things that you're talking about being basic human necessities, the stuff that comes from the farms, the stuff that comes from the minimum wage jobs, the restaurants, the stuff that comes from the people who work on your house and build it and do all the things to get you that thing that you have a right to, that has to happen in order for you to have those things. And so this mentality that you shouldn't have to work to have the things that you need means that you want to enslave people because you don't have to work to get the things that you need. Other people have to work so they can provide you with the things that you need. And that is not going to work for our society for very long. It's going to cause people to hate people. It already is causing people to hate people. What people need to realize is that in order to have an actual society here where people have all the things that they need, that those people need to find ways to provide value to other people so they can get value from other people. And people, you know, when I say provide value to other people, well, that just sounds like you're a slave, right? You got to find ways to provide value to other people. Like I just said a second ago, the opposite of that is that you shouldn't have to do that, but other people should have to do that for you. What kind of an ideology is that? What kind of a mentality is that? No, the, the idea is that for you to get value, you need to produce value. These things do not incentivize producing value. They actually de-incentivize, disincentivize producing value, whichever one it is. That's a recipe for disaster. I'm just warning y'all. All right, if you liked this episode, show it to a friend, show it to an enemy, show it to your uncle, your cousin, your grandma, maybe even the children. Show it to all of them. Make sure that you leave us a rating and review on your podcast app if it allows that, because that tells the tyrannical algorithms that people need to see or listen to this podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. There's hundreds of videos on there. The TikTok is still blowing up. The Facebook is still blowing up. Go do all of those things. And if you do that, I'll be back again tomorrow with Dumb Bleep of the Week. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>